What up? It is time for the Tan and J-Man show live on the ISC Sports Network. It's a balmy November night. I got my shorts on. I got a hoodie on. Couldn't be happier if I tried. How you doing tonight there, T-Dog? I'm doing good, J-Man. Yeah, we uh, can't complain about this temperature on uh, November 13th. Uh, I was looking, just, was looking at the forecast. Looks like the rest of the week still going to be pretty good. I yeah. think the... I think the low for the next two weeks is on Thanksgiving Day, but still then it's like the highest 42. So take it. it was interesting yeah. on the news today. The all-time record low temperature for November 13th in Fort Wayne was just back in 2019. It was six degrees. Oh man. I don't I don't remember being met. Oh, that was a long time ago. Four, four years, but four years ago. I'm sure we were complaining. I'm I'm sure we were too. I I don't actually remember. Man, this is a freezing November day. Yeah, I don't um, remember that either. But if it was I'm six sure. degrees, I guarantee we were both were not happy. Um, I mean, you you know my propensity to complain about things, regardless. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure I was uh, pretty ticked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if what if you had to get out and scrape. I bet you had to scrape your window that morning. Probably. I'm trying to think what was car I was degrees. driving. Uh, I think I had the Traverse then. I think okay. my. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I, I think yeah. I had the traverse then. I, I think uh, the Impala blew up on me the year <laughs> before. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I wasn't very happy. I'm sure I had to sprint upstairs and start my car then. But uh, yeah. now I got remote start here four years later, luckily. It's a beautiful thing. It's it really is. Thing. It really is. But, uh, well, maybe you'll be happy uh, after uh, this birdie or bogey question tonight. Maybe you won't be. I don't know. Um, get the banner up there. CJ Shroud, which we'll be talking about later on, I'm sure, in the podcast. Guy's having a phenomenal rookie year. Um, we were right, by the way. Panthers, you didn't listen to us. Yeah. Um, he has 2,626 passing yards this season. That's third most for a rookie in their first nine starts in league history. What two guys does he trail for passing yards in his first nine starts? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I have at least one guess, maybe two guesses, but uh, one for a par, two for a birdie, I'll, zero for a bogey. And I'll you're take four it. strokes I'm, up. I'll, four I'll, 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 I'll likely get zero, but uh, thanks. Oh, for, I uh, bet. I, I, I'm guessing if I was a betting man, you get a par tonight, would be my guess, but we'll see. I would take a par. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. $2 whole smoked wings and $1 off domestic brewskis every Monday night. Over the weekend, they had a dish that looked uh, delectable uh, called brisket. Not even going to try to pronounce the other part of it. B-O-U-R-G-U-I. G N O and Burb Groin? Meaty bites of brisket, slow simmered in red wine and beef stock makes this famous French stew a flavor bomb. Garnished with glazed carrots, pearl onions, garlic butter, mushrooms, and fresh parsley. Served over buttery mashed potatoes with toast. So that just gives you a glimpse into. Uh, some of their food. They are also advertising. Book your next event in the Arlington Room. They also offer catering. Call 574-223-7101 to reserve Christmas parties, baby shower, luncheon, meeting, bridal party, birthday party, reunion, baptismal party. So, uh, A little bit of everything. Arlington Public House to book the Arlington Room for your next event. A little and bit of your veggies. Get your side of veggies with a good entree. Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right, Josh, you want to get educated Let's tonight as we open up this podcast. Let's see what's happened on this day on November 13th in the history of sports. On this day in 1875, Harvard and Yale were the first college football game with uniforms. <laughs> what did they wear before that? No Nickers. idea. <laughs> T-shirts? I don't know. They no had T-shirts back then? I don't know. 1875? I don't know. Cowhide uh, long sleeve shirts and <laughs> some knickers. Some knickers. <laughs> well, this day, 1900, the Baltimore Orioles, now known as the New York Yankees, entered baseball's American League. Oh. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. Man, it really skips around. There's not a lot going on. Uh, on this day, 1968, as a rookie, future basketball Hall of Famer Elvin Hayes scored 54 points in the San Diego Rockets, 122 to 120 win over the Detroit Pistons. That was a career high for Elvin. I, I wonder if San Diego could uh, have a uh, NBA team again. What? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I think we've always assumed the NBA is eventually going to add two more teams probably, and the two markets should be at least Seattle. Definitely. Bring the Sonics back. Bring the Sonics back in Vegas, I think, is another market that will sure. get the NBA. Outside of those two, what would you, what would you consider? I, I think San Diego would be a good option. They did have the Clippers. I think they were the San Diego Clippers at yes. one time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And th- that is the thing. SoCal is kind of dominated by the Lakers. Uh, so it, it, it'd be kind of tough. Um, Nashville is always a popular spot to potentially have an expansion team for really any sport. You know, uh, baseball, They only have football, basketball. though. They, they already do have football and they have hockey. So, I, I mean, that, that, that yeah. would make sense if they get NBA team because they got the arena there. Um, what about Louisville? It's, it's a basketball rich area for sure. It is. Um, they don't, don't really have anyone to compete with. There's no, there's no team in Cincinnati, uh, no team in Cincinnati's Tennessee at all besides one, Memphis. Um, they're not really competing with the Pacers. I wouldn't think, uh, that'd be an, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of any other markets though. No, the, uh, the NBA is kind of, uh, and I got them all. Kind of got them all, yeah. Yep. A lot of M- M- MLB MVPs here. Um, man, a lot of them. Uh, Scions. Uh, on this day, 1994, Dale Earnhardt Sr. won the 44th NASCAR Sprint Cup. Back then, it was the Winston Cup. Uh Jeez, a lot of MVPs, which I could test you on your MVP knowledge, Ask I me. guess. Who won the NL MVP on this day in 1996? 96 National League Most Valuable Player. Um, I don't even have a guess. David Justice? Padres third baseman Ken Caminiti. Ken Caminiti. I almost said Ken Caminiti and could not remember his name. The fourth unanimous winner of the NL MVP. That takes me off that you, you Who know. was the unanimous AL MVP winner in 97? 97? Um, unanimous AL MVP. Was that Griffey? It was Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. Yes. Um, and last one. Who won the NL and AL? MVP awards on this day in 2014. They were both announced. 14 uh, nationally. American League was probably Trout, if I had to guess. Yes, you are correct. Um, National League, National League, National League. Harper hadn't done his yet. Bryant wasn't around yet. Um, I don't think John Carlos Stanton ever won an MVP. Um, going around teams in my head. Oh man, I've I don't even have a guess for you. To be honest, Clayton Clayton Kershaw. No, uh, that's probably why. I think I've been yeah. on record saying uh, pitchers should not uh, be eligible for the MVP. I agree with you. I mean, they got their own award already. Yeah. Their own award. yeah. So. But that's going to do it for the On This Day. Kind of dry today, but I, I should have just quizzed you on more MVPs. There was a long list, but maybe maybe I'll do that in the future sometime. Uh, but the On This Day segment is brought to you by, like it is every week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs and their projects pieces, I should say, are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them on Instagram and Facebook at Mooney Woodcrafts. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your sign orders. So get those sign orders in <clears throat> in time for Christmas. We are getting closer and closer from just a month out to Christmas. And Thad signs make a perfect addition 
to, like I said, any home, office, or man cave is the perfect gift for the sports fan in your family or the veteran or uh, really anybody because he mm-hmm. can make he can make family signs. He can make all sorts of signs. He doesn't just make sports signs, but I do think his uh, sports signs are extra, extra cool. So get your sign orders in. Let him know the Tan Jam show sent you 15% off. You want to talk college hoops before we get into some football? Um, sure. We got sure. we got the Big Ten, Big East, Gavit games Gavit going games on last uh, just, year. Yeah, just tipped off here with Michigan and uh, St. John's tonight. But uh, what have you thought so far about the first week of college hoops? Um, not a ton of surprises no. nationally. Um, we did see Duke get beat, so there's already a shakeup in the top five and top ten rankings. Michigan State as well. No, well, yeah, but Michigan State was upset at home by James Madison, which was a big, big upset. That was a Hilarious. big shakeup. It's kind of for, kind of funny. I already forgot about that because it was a week ago <laughs> that tonight. Was, that was game one. Um, but uh, other than Duke lost to Arizona, a very good team, yeah. but it was on their home court, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, Caleb Love goes in there and gets it done. It's crazy. John, John Shire had not lost at Cameron Indoor yet. Mm-hmm. I don't believe at Duke. Uh, I think that was the second loss. Second. Okay, I thought. Hmm. Who was? Somebody got upset this week for the first time in two years at home then. I thought it was Duke. Okay. It might have been Duke. Um, uh, yeah, I could have heard it wrong. That's probably the case. Because um, I know Michigan State lost some home games last year. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, Big Ten, I it's one week. So the reactions and observations are going to be – or it's going to be overreactions, I guess I should say. But the Big Ten – through week one, nobody <laughs> looks bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, Purdue looked good, but Purdue should look good playing against Samford and Moorhead State. Um, but other than that, I mean, a, a lot of teams are two and zero, but I don't think anybody else really flexed their muscles this no. past week. Honestly, the team probably with the best wins probably Northwestern beating Dayton. That pains you, doesn't it? Um, it does pain me. I don't think Dayton's very good, but uh, as far as name goes, it's. That might be the best win the team has because Michigan's looked great so far. It haven't played anyone. Um, James Madison going into Michigan State, as we said. Wisconsin gets beat pretty handily by Tennessee, um, who's one of the best teams in college basketball. Maryland again, drops two games. Yeah, two to UAB and to Davidson. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not like they're playing world beaters either. And they were projected to be in the top four. You know, <clears throat> in Indiana's look like trash so far. They are two and zero. Uh, but uh, but lucky, they could easily uh, be kind of a too. lucky two and no. I yeah. mean, the Florida Gulf Coast was missing arguably their best player and best shooter, Isaiah Thompson. And Army had them. I've given them everything they wanted with yeah. in the last two and a half minutes. Indiana finally pulled away. Yeah, um, Illinois has gotten off to slow starts each of their first two games uh, and haven't looked all that great. Their defense looks fantastic, which it really should against Eastern Illinois and uh, Oakland. But uh, can't get off to a slow start this week against Marquette. No. Um, Minnesota's 2-0, and and they've looked halfway decent, believe it or not. Um, Ohio State could have gotten beat by Oakland, and they do get beat by Texas A&M. So there's, besides Purdue, I mean, Purdue's blowing both teams out. Uh, I think there's one really good team, and that's Purdue, and then a whole bunch of, eh, so far anyway. I, I think there'll be other teams that contend with Purdue as the season goes on, but I think – and we we kind of I think the middle to the bottom is it's just not going to be there this year as it has been the last few years. Um, Purdue's a seventeen half point favorite against Xavier tonight. That's a, a home for game. Another high major to play. Xavier is missing two guys tonight: Jerome oh. Hunter, former Indiana Hoosier, mm-hmm. and then one of their other guys that averages near near double double last year. So, so Xavier will be out with out those two guys. I I've never unless I'm missing. I've never seen Purdue beat Xavier. I've seen him lose really? three, if not four times since mm-hmm. I've been watching. Um, Didn't they come back against it, or was did Xavier have a huge comeback against oh, them? Z- at Xavier oh. in 2011, 2012, Purdue choked so hard. They choked like a 20-some point lead at Xavier. I remember that. I couldn't remember um, which one it was. Though. And then the year after that, Purdue could have beat that Xavier team, but D.J. Bird went one for like 110 on the field and just kept shooting. It was maddening. It was so maddening. A good buddy of our show, Cameron Screeton, who's a IU fan, went to the game with me. He goes, I'm not even rooting for Purdue, and he's ticking me off. <laughs> That's how bad it was because he just kept bricking everything. And it's like, pass the ball. Shoot or but, shoot. Uh, good times, good times. But, uh, yeah, the, other than that, I haven't watched a lot of college basketball. I did. I watched I did. the end of the Duke, the Duke-Arizona game Friday night. 
But uh, other than that, I've still been in football mode, really. But yeah. glad basketball's back. Glad we're getting some good matchups this week. And then next week, particularly the week of Thanksgiving, we'll get some big-time yeah. matchups with some big-time non-conference tournaments going on. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot either. I watched the end of the Michigan State game. I watched uh, the second half, really, of the IU-Florida Gulf Coast. And, of course, I've watched Illinois' two games. But uh, mm. other than that, really haven't watched any. Um, I, I, I know Purdue's schedule's coming up is a absolute bear. Yeah, they're like next nine, including Texas Southern, who's the easiest opponent, but they made the tournament. They make the tournament next, every year. Their like. next nine's, yeah, gauntlet. So so we'll, we'll see what happens. That, I mean – kudos Matt Painter. That's what I think a lot of coaches, especially when you have a good team like this, has to do. You're yep. you're not learning anything playing these cupcakes. Yep. Um, I I know that's what Underwood's trying to go out and do. But it's hard for teams well. like Purdue and Illinois to get quality opponents to come in to, come. to the arena because they just don't want to. Yeah, and the, uh, Underwood actually said it today. He goes because they're they're not in a tournament this year. I don't know if they will be next year. I assume they will be in Thanksgiving ish time. But he, he goes. Uh, I'm I, with the Gavit games ending, no ACC challenge anymore. Um, we're trying to schedule as many home and homes as we can. It's yep. just been so tough. They do have Tennessee starting a home and home this year where they're going to Tennessee. Then they go, then Tennessee comes here next year, there next year. But uh, it is tough to schedule home and homes regardless mm-hmm. of who you are, it seems like. Oh, and, and I think the neutral home, neutral home and homes, getting more popular thing. That's yeah. what Purdue's doing with Arizona this year. They play them in Indy this year, Vegas next year. Um, that's kind of a way around it, I guess. But if um, Illinois never played at the United Center again, I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> Especially in the regular like season, they're, Purdue and Gainbridge. So. Yeah, they're they're okay in the Big Ten tournament at the UC, but in the non-conference, it's no bueno. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Losing to New Mexico State is <laughs> it's just bad. Um, the, uh, speaking of New Mexico State, I don't know what made me think of this. Nevada just beat somebody decent last night. Um, really? Now I can't think of it. It was a big. It, was, it wasn't somebody ranked, but it was a big program. I know St. Mary's got beat. Um, I'm going to look it up now. Somebody last night, or maybe it was Saturday night. But Michigan beat Washington. Uh, uh, Nevada beat Washington. Yeah, the Fighting Paul Mul- Mulcahy's. Glad he's yeah, the Big Ten. Future Big Ten team next year, Washington. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and um, speaking of in-state in Indiana, uh, Butler is off to an undefeated start. Notre Dame is not. Yeah, like a Shrewsbury and company lost to West Carolina West over Carolina. the weekend. Yeah. Which Shrewsbury's there. I don't think Notre Dame's gonna win double-digit games this year. They are very thin. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, I. Shrewsbury took Penn State and turned them into a really oh, he'll good turn program. Them around. It's just gonna take a little bit. Now, now that he has uh, much better resources at Notre Dame basketball, I know obviously Notre Dame's a football school, but uh, significantly more uh, resources for basketball there than he did at Penn State. And he, he's a heck of a ball coach, but yeah, his, yeah, his first year at Penn State, they started off real bad, and then towards the end of the year, like man, this team's pretty pretty That's tough. Good point. And then, uh, so yeah, that'll probably happen, but. Uh, that's one team I want Purdue to start playing, especially with Shrewsbury there in a good relationship. Because yeah. besides the Crossroads Classic, Purdue and Notre Dame never play, ever. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's just, that's dumb. It's the same thing I think Notre Dame and football every year should play Purdue and even Indiana, mm-hmm. which they never play because it's it's in state. It's easy to get to. It's just it's just dumb that they don't. But yeah, um, yeah. they they kind of be, go by the beat of their own drum up there. It's happened. So. Uh, do you want to pick some Gavit games here, real quick? Sure. Uh, Michigan is currently up twenty-two to twenty, uh, with ten minutes left in the first half. At same time, is, is Howard back? Um, I do not know. Namari Burnett has fifteen points for him. He didn't even score the other night, and he has fifteen of their first twenty-two. Um, I don't know if Jace is that big of a deal. It looks like. Well, he's in the box score, but every player's in the box score, so he hasn't played a minute yet. But that in uh, Kamwa, whatever his name is, is an absolute beast for him. I'm going to take the uh, Red Storm, St. John's, and Rick Pitino. Um, I want to do the same, but I, I hate Rick Pitino and I hate Michigan, especially I know. Michigan. I know. I know. That, but, um, give me, give me Michigan oh in that one. Uh, Xavier at Purdue.
wins by double digits. I think Purdue will win by double digits, but 17 and a half is a lot to cover. Yeah, 17 and a half is a lot, especially playing another high major. Um, but yeah, I think Purdue should win fairly handily. Again, you said two players are out. I don't know if Xavier's all that highly thought of uh, coming into the it year. They did make Sweet no 16 idea. last year. Yeah, and, you know, and Sean Miller's that. a good good basketball coach too. So, but yeah, I think Another slime ball. By 15 or so. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin at Providence. I don't even know who Providence coaches now that Ed Cooley left. Um, who is it? It's ticking me off. But I will take Providence at home. Basketball. I think, I mean, home court advantage is always a big thing. College basketball. I think, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I, but I think it's even a bigger advantage in November and December when you're still bigger. I completely agree. Uh, g- give me Providence as well. Uh, Duke and Michigan state, uh, maybe my least favorite event of the year, which is the champions classic. Yeah. Um, give me Duke. I don't see them losing two Duke games in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, honestly, the, the, this Michigan state team reminds me of the Carolina team from last year. Carolina snuck into the tournament. Michigan State was better uh, than North Carolina was um, during their national championship game run. But Carolina about missed the tournament. They were, what, a 10 seed? Nine. Um, Nine seed. And made a run to the uh, national championship game, and they come into the year ranked number one. That was a pretty mediocre team that got in and got hot. Michigan State was about a minute away from the Elite Eight, and what were they, a seven seed? Mm Mm-hmm. Again, decent team, not that great. Got everyone back. Comes in ranked number four. I uh, thought they were significantly overrated, and uh, it showed. I mean, game game one, it's real tough to really make any sort of proclamation. But uh, I I didn't buy Michigan State really. But you got to take care of James Madison at home game one. I mean, have to. Yeah, <laughs> re- there's no excuse for that. Regardless. I mean, you should have came out in the second half, but um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and and credit James Madison because they kept hitting shot. They kept punching back. Hey, man, they're having and, a uh, fun year athletic wise yeah, right now. Yeah, and uh, uh, did you see their second game? James mm-hmm. Madison. They were down. They were down four with three point eight seconds left and ended up winning. That's in pretty regulation. hard to do. Yeah, in in regulation, hit, hit a three turnover layup. Oh, I'm sure some people in Vegas <laughs> were thrilled and just picked off yeah. beyond belief. Um, number four, Marquette at number 23, Illinois. I know one of Marquette's guys sprained his ankle late in yesterday's game with like oh, six minutes left when they, uh, one of their better players, when they probably should have been playing them. Um, but with that said, I think, I think Marquette wins in a close one. Yeah. Um, if Illinois starts like they did against Eastern Illinois and Oakland, they'll get blown out of the gym. Um, Ty- Tyler Kolek, I think that's his name, uh, point guard. They have major He's point the one. guard. He's the one. He's the one that got hurt. All right. Sprained his ankle. Well, if if he doesn't play, which I, I assume he will. Yeah. If he if he doesn't play, I think Illinois wins. If he does, I think Marquette wins. But um, I mean, even if he plays, if he's I mean, uh, and this came from hobbled. my dad. I didn't see he said he sprained it pretty bad. So no, I I did not see that. And I yeah. haven't seen any of the Illinois guys tweet about it yet, but I guess yeah. we'd know more tomorrow. But uh give me give me Marquette in that one. Uh Iowa at Creighton. Oh, Creighton's good, rank number eight. Very give me good. Creighton. Yeah, give me Creighton as well. Again, tough to pick against the home team. It is. Um, Georgetown at Rutgers. I'm picking against the home team here, though, because Rutgers has not impressed me the first week. Give me Georgetown. Yeah, Rutgers has not impressed me at all. Um, I cannot root for Georgetown with Jaden Epps there, so give me uh, Rutgers. Um, And then this is not – this is an interesting – this must be a home-and-home. You have Missouri at Minnesota on Thursday. I know nothing about Missouri's team. But they got I, blown out at home by Memphis a few days ago. Uh, penny cheats. Um, give me, uh, give me Missouri. Yeah, give, give me Missouri as well. And that also pains me. But uh, something about Minnesota basketball, I just cannot stand. That's weird. Um, <laughs> then you have Butler at Michigan State Friday night. Uh, Michigan State. Yeah, give me Michigan State. Uh, man. Me- <laughs> Maryland has to travel to Villanova on Friday. It'd be one yeah. and three. Give me Nova. Uh, yeah, give me Nova. Man, that's rough. Saturday games. Um, let's see here if my laptop cooperates. Um, 
We have Nebraska and Oregon State playing in South Dakota. Give me the Beavers. On the peacock. And then <laughs> Sunday. I can't imagine there's many good Sunday games just because of Indiana-UConn on Sunday. Oh, it is. It is. Interesting. Uh, UConn-Indiana uh, at Madison Square Garden. Give me the defending national champs. If, if Indiana gets off the start like they have the last two weeks, they're going to lose that game by 20 to 30 points. Yeah, they're going to get absolutely whooped. Man, Illinois has three games this week. I hate that. <laughs> like Valpo, but, but, but like you center. said, they, they might not have many next week. Whereas a lot of teams they have are going to have next week, three yeah. next week. That's, so. that's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. Um, any more um, Gavit games talk? Mm, I don't think so. I don't either. Um, I'm, 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 I'm upset this is going away after this year. I guess I've enjoyed the Gavit yeah. game. It it hasn't been around that long. Maybe no. what. Eight nine years or so. I think uh, Purdue played Marquette in five of those years. It seems like. <laughs> uh, I I remember the f- Illinois didn't play in the first one, but they played in the second one, and uh, they were down one against Chris Dunn in Providence, and Michael Finky missed a tip dunk at the buzzer that would have won it for him. <laughs> he grabbed it and hit the back of the rim, and it bounced all the way to the other end. That summed up Michael Finky's career at Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Johnny Gross. That summed up John Gross's career at Illinois, too. uh, Oh, the good days. You want to stick uh, with uh, college athletics and talk some uh, college football? Yeah, another interesting week around college football. Um, We'll start nationally. Got some coaches firing now. Yeah, nationally first. Jimbo Fisher, highest paid coach in NCAA football, or, or yeah, NCAA football, gone and getting owed $76 million from Texas A&M after Man, beating Mississippi State 51-10. to 10. <laughs> um, Did you see how they went about doing this? I did not. I'm so, interested to hear. Yeah, I saw this this morning. So, obviously, the plan was in place all week, at least during the week, that he was going to be gone Sunday no matter win or loss, or win or lose. But Saturday, at halftime of the A&M game, they had a big old check presentation at midfield from the booster group or the donors or whatever it was a 196 million dollar check i don't know if people thought of anything or not uh-huh. at the time look at it now i guarantee they're using that 76 million of that 196 to get them out to use the rest or a majority of the rest to go get somebody <laughs> presented at a halftime there's no coincidence there i don't think anyway <laughs> I, I love that yeah i they, shouldn't but i love that they owe him over 19 million um, in the next 30 days. What, what's your uh, evaluation of Jimbo Fisher? Um, it's, it's, it's tough. not like he was absolutely terrible at AM. He just won those and give them the results yeah. they ex- expected, especially with those recruits. He classes. can obviously recruit because he, he put in great, right? Brought in great recruiting classes. How much was it? Um, Jameis Winston, Dalvin Cook, Kelvin Benjamin, Jalen Ramsey. Um, you you have four really good NFLers there. Yes. Um, Kelvin Benjamin was okay, I guess, but yeah. uh, he was really good at Florida State. Um, maybe Jameis kind of made his career a little bit. Um, well, I was talking with one of our friends, and I'll throw his name out here. I don't think he cares. Aaron Lynch, friend of the podcast. He's been on the podcast a couple, yeah, times. A couple times. We were talking today, and he said, you think Michigan State uh, is a possibility for Jimbo? I said, if I'm Michigan State, I'd give him a call. I mean, it doesn't hurt you give him a call. Yeah. Uh, but I said, I don't know if he could win with a program like Michigan State. And um, then uh, we were talking, and and, and 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 Aaron goes, well, he does have a national championship. I said, so does Gene Chizik, though. Yeah. And then point. he goes, well, Chizik had Cam. I said, well, Jimbo and Jameis. Yeah. And then we got comparison Cam and Jameis. I said, well, like Cam, Jameis was also a Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick similar. in the NFL. But Cam had a little better NFL career, at least – for a spurt. Yeah. I mean, James is still in the league. Cam isn't. But um, yeah. So I mean, I think Jimbo's a lot better coach than Gene Chizik. Yeah. But it wouldn't shock me to see him sit out a year and then come back somewhere. If uh if I'm Jimbo, I'm not I'm I'm working TV. No stress with TV. You don't have to worry about fan bases, you don't have to worry about recruiting, you don't have to worry sure. about winning games. He's getting sure. paid his his stipulations in his contract, it's pretty much Bobby Bobby Bonilla. Uh, he's, he's getting paid seven million each, whatever, up until 2031. I mean, he still had 76 million dollars. Um, and I, I said this in our group chat: the greatest 
the greatest job in the world is fired college football coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the, the NFL coaches don't have this sort of thing mm-hmm. going on. Um, nor, nor do the players, uh, mm-hmm. if they get cut or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't have to do a single thing. No. Um, he's, he, he's a pretty interesting personality. So I think he'd do well TV maybe, maybe he has that competitive fire where he doesn't want to give up coaching. Um, he, he needs to take a step back as far as going to a program where there's not absurd expectations on him. Uh, maybe a Michigan state would be a good fit, but, um, yep. or, or an Arkansas if that opens up, which I think it will. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Another sec school opened up today. Mississippi state. Fired, oh, Mississippi their head, state. fired their head coach. Um, um, last Zach Arnett is his Zach name. Arnett. Zach, Zach yeah. Arnett. He took over last year. Mike Leach unfortunately passed away. And then Arnett took over in their bowl game with Illinois last year, won that. Then they gave him the job. Um, but fired him in his first year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, he took over obviously a rough, sad situation. And then, um, it honestly, he, he was probably just a placeholder anyway for a year. Yeah. Um, cause it, it would have been really tough to conduct a, conduct a coaching search after, you know, losing Mike Leach and then having all those emotions and all of that. So, uh, just a placeholder. And, uh, I mean, he, he held the team together. They weren't very good this year, obviously, but that is a tough SEC job. You're yeah. not even the premier program in your state as of right now. You have been before, but as of right yeah. now, Mississippi is. Um, that's a that's a tough SEC job, I think. But um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. We got two weeks left of the regular season, but the coaching carousel has already begun. Yeah. So very interesting. Um, as far as Texas A and M goes, who do you think, Lane Kevin? I think you give him a call, but man, I don't know. He's got a good thing going at Mississippi. He does. Yeah. Um. I don't. I mean, A&M's gonna shoot for the stars, so I don't know. Um, I you know I've seen. Uh, uh, is his name Mike Mike Elko from Duke? Oh yeah, he's a heck of a football coach. He's a possibility. Um, Call up Jed Fish at um, Arizona. Yeah, um, I doubt they call somebody like Jeff Brom, who's having a pretty good year at Louisville. Um, It'd be tough to take him away from his alma mater. Yeah, I don't think you know the only way I see him ever leaving his alma mater if he gets Louisville to the playoffs sometime, and maybe the NFL comes calling. I don't know. I don't even know if he'd leave there. I I really don't know. I don't know. He he might be. There there are college coaches where you look at and say you can see that guy in the NFL. Jeff Brown is not one of them for me. Personality wise, anyway. So he uh, he might Louisville. Louisville's always been his dream job, so he might just be set there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. I don't know where. Um, maybe Lanning from Oregon. Maybe A and M. He's a pretty good coach. I is, think is A and M a better job than Oregon though, especially with Oregon coming to the Big Ten. I wouldn't think so. Probably yeah. not. Man, I don't know. It's that that's a pretty good comparison because SEC is tough. Of course, you got to get tougher with Oklahoma and Texas. Got that in. Nike big, money at Oregon big, though. Yeah, Big Twelve is going to get tougher, or Big Ten is going to get tougher. Excuse me, of course, with the four schools coming in. So. Um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting, though. To, I, I'm surprised they did the move now and didn't wait a couple weeks, but um, I think they play somebody good this week, A&M, and maybe they didn't want to take the chance of A&M no. winning this week, yeah, and it would have been harder yeah. to say goodbye. So Yeah. yeah. So, but elsewhere around the nation, there was a big upset. Number 15, Oklahoma State got absolutely drilled yeah. at, at Central Florida. Um, that was kind of the big upset of the day. Um, I can't think uh, any of the other upsets uh, around the Big Ten. Michigan stayed undefeated, win to Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. We both. I'm, I'm done. I am done. I am done picking Penn State in a big, big, big Ten game. I'm done. Yeah, um, it's getting late there for James Franklin. Can't win the big one. Never has been able to win the big one. And until he does, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. He's now on their fifth offensive coordinator, or he's going to be hiring his, yep. their sixth offensive coordinator uh, since he's been there. His offense is terrible. Defense is always really good. Um, but until he gets an offense, you're not going to be able to compete with Ohio State or Michigan at this point. James Franklin is 3-17 and 17 as Penn State's coach against top 10 teams, yeah. and he's never beat a top 5 team. A lot of those are at home too. He's and even got a losing record against top twenty-five teams. Did, did Michigan even throw the ball in the second half? If they did, it was after thirty-two straight runs. Yeah, <laughs> thirty-two straight runs. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. But uh, yeah, 
it's it's, it's everybody gets to, it's Michigan against the world. And uh, as Harbaugh said today, they're America's team. Which yeah, the the interim coach crying during the put. Harbaugh's not dead. He cheated. They cheated. He's suffering the consequences he did it to now. Uh, did it to himself. The program did it to themselves. Um, yep. yep. The reaction from the entitlement from Michigan fans and their alumni and the administration even has been absurd after not doing a single thing for almost three decades now. Um, it's pretty pathetic. Yep. And then you got talking heads out of the media summer anti-Michigan right now, some are pro-Michigan, like Colin Coward said he'll be donating money to Michigan. Coward's the worst. He, um, he shouldn't it, be that opinionated. Like, that 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 seems wrong to me. Dez, you know, is going to be pretty opinionated, and he, he thinks it's a sham. Um, there's there's a lot of so Michigan Schefter, men in the media, though. So does Schefter. Schefter is a me, um, Michigan guy. Portnoy is a Michigan guy. Oh, yeah, talk um, about it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of them out there. Yep, yep. But that was the, of course the big story in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State killed Michigan State. We knew that was gonna. Yeah, happen. it was over at halftime. Illinois won an absolute shootout against Indiana. Overtime shootout with yeah. their backup quarterback just slinging the rock for over five hundred. <laughs> what a cool story! Really, cool. I mean, I talked about it a little bit last week, but he's a fourth generation Illinois. Great grandpa played at Illinois in the 30s. His grandpa played in the 60s. His uncle played in the 90s. Um, and he gave up a starting job at Ball State to walk on at Illinois. And now he has that ridiculous comeback against uh, Minnesota. And then he throws for over 500 yards, which is the most a Big Ten player has thrown since 2013, maybe. It's um, been a while. So, it was, yeah, pretty cool story. And watch watch Bielema start Altmaier this week. <laughs> Uh, he better not. <laughs> he, he better not. He, he really yeah. better not. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Nebraska still looking to make a bowl as they let Maryland Man. come in and win thirteen to ten, and Maryland's now bowl eligible. Uh, Northwestern goes up to Camp Randall and punches Wisconsin in the face. I know Wisconsin's injured, but my gosh, they're starting to fall off a cliff. Um, yeah. Iowa does what Iowa does, and on defense, allowing zero points, but their offense finally scores over twenty with yeah. twenty two points. Had had uh, over uh, 400 yards of offense, but uh, it, go, it, going back to Northwestern, if David Braun is not the Big Ten coach of the year, something went wrong. Yes, um, this was a team that I thought we both thought were going to go one and eleven, two and ten mm-hmm. at most, mm-hmm. and here they are, a win away and two winnable games, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, for them to get to a bowl. That defense so, is playing good football right now. Yeah, so. uh, and if if they don't give him the full time job, something's off there. Yep. And then Purdue uh, put it on Minnesota, which was a uh, Minnesota uh, flatlining too. And I think they yes, uh, that was that was pleasant to see. Uh, as a Purdue fan, I mean, office had done anything since they played Illinois, and they scored forty nine points. And uh, and Hudson Card has best game as a Boilermaker, and the running game was terrific, and defense played pretty well. And they just put it on PJ, and it was it was fun to watch because it was it was amazing to me. And, and I saw Ohio State play live. Is Purdue. As far as seeing a team live, Minnesota was by far the biggest team I've seen really? this year. Their tight ends, their offensive linemen, they have some humongous dudes. Now, maybe it doesn't always translate on the field, but size-wise, my goodness, they got some big guys. Yeah. I think um, PJ kind of hit their ceiling, and now they're going to fall back, especially with adding USC and Oregon and Washington. Yep. It's amazing to me, you know, he became their coach in, in, in twenty seven or for 2017 season. I never thought he'd be there come 2023 yeah. if he had any success but he stayed there and now i don't know if he's ever going to get the success he kind had kind of uh yeah matt campbell like a little bit yep yep um, good comparison so, good comparison yeah. uh week 12 here starting minnesota at ohio state um yes i got ohio state for 7 i do as well uh michigan at maryland um yeah the road test for michigan maryland's coming off a win at nebraska but i it's all setting up for the game, Michigan-Ohio State. Give me Michigan for five. I have Michigan for six. Uh, Rutgers at Penn State. This is my six-pointer. I got the Nittany Lions for six. I have Penn State for five. Illinois at Iowa. Yeah, interesting one here. Um, Until Iowa proves me wrong, I got to pick Iowa. Iowa for four. I have Illinois for one. Um, I don't know. I 
I, my dog's squeaking the toy. He's, he's, he's liking he's that. The he's liking that. Uh, yeah, he's clearly liking that. Illinois for why? I don't know why. I just hey, I, a little family rivalry there. I, I I keep picking against Iowa, and I can't not pick against Iowa. Uh, Michigan State at Indiana. Indiana's playing better. Yes, they are. Uh, Michigan State, hard talent. I mean, they lost to Ohio State, but I like Indiana at home in this one. Give me the Hoosiers for two. I have Indiana for three. Purdue at Northwestern. Uh, coin flip. I think Northwestern is yeah, a uh, point and a half right now, favorites. Um, but they're playing for a lot. They can get to a bowl game, which would be remarkable. Purdue can't get to a bowl game. But as they proved Saturday, I don't think Ryan Walters and staff have lost the locker room by any means. They wouldn't be playing that hard if they did. I'm going with my heart. I'm taking Purdue for three. This will be the J-Man's Booker prediction of the week. I'm going to help you out here a little bit, T-Dog. I'm yeah, taking Northwestern for two. I think they get bowl eligible, which is crazy. Crazy to even think about. I mean, how many times on this podcast did we say they're not winning a game the rest of the year? Yeah. (laughs) About every week they keep winning one. Um, Honestly, I think Purdue probably wins, but I'm taking Northwestern for two. Should be a good one. Um, Nebraska at Wisconsin, two programs heading in the exact same direction. Absolute coin flap for me. One of them, this is the NBC night game, by the way. Um, one one of them makes a bowl after this. Taking Wisconsin purely because they're a home team for one point. All right, I got Wisconsin four. I already put it away. I think I have them for three. I already did a three. I, I don't. I I exited out of them. Um, hold on one second. Um, pretty sure I did it for three. Wisconsin for four. Screwed it up. <laughs> Constant for for mainly because they're at home. That's it. But. And who's the J Man's Booker Prediction of the Week sponsored by J Man? J Man's Booker Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watcher for Life Home Auto Business Renters Workers Comp and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchinginfb.com. Top 25 matchups. We have number 18 Utah at number 21 Arizona. Arizona is a half point favorite. I don't think I've ever seen a half point favorite. I was a big Wildcat fan over the weekend as they took care of Dion and the boys, putting them almost in the not possible, but they got Dion and the boys got to win the next two to make a make a bowl game now. And it's funny, everybody in the Denver sports media has been praising Dion all along now is questioning some of his coaching decisions in game. It's just kind of funny how the tides can turn for you. Um, I like I like Arizona, but I like Utah more. Give me Utah on the road. Yeah, give me Utah as well. Uh, we have. Number two, Georgia at number 13, Tennessee. Tennessee got whooped uh, by Missouri. Missouri. Uh, yeah, Missouri. Missouri's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, Georgia, I got to believe it for them losing. Give me the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, Number last one here, number five, Washington at number 12, Oregon State. Favored. Uh, give me the Huskies. Give me Oregon State. I, I think Washington loses one. They've kind of – They've kind of been playing with fire here, and I don't think they make the playoff ultimately. But yeah, somebody's there's going to be a good team or two left out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, I am I've, glad it's the last year of the fourteen playoff. Me too. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, you look at it; it's it's crazy because you could have a Big Ten champ, obviously, yep. will be in SEC champ will be in um, Pac twelve, depending on who it is, probably gets in. Um, and then you got like, you're going to have like a, maybe one loss Bama or one loss Texas or, um, oh, and if, B- if Bama happens to win to SEC and Georgia. and Georgia only has one loss, they can one both lost order, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you could have a one loss Oregon or a one loss Washington. It'd, it'd be tough for the committee. They're in mm-hmm. an unenviable you could, position. You could have a one loss um, ACC champion Louisville potentially. Yeah, but, but their loss yeah. would be worse than anybody else's loss to Pittsburgh. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have word association here. Um, Illinois had not beaten Indiana since 2011 in football. Uh, I think they'd only played them three or four times, but still, it's pretty pathetic. Um, so that got me thinking. I, I chose one player from each Big Ten team at the time. There's only 12 at the time. Um, for me, I just chose one player. So, uh, starting with Wisconsin and Monty Ball. Duh. Did not turn out well for the Denver Broncos. Had some off-the-field issues, but 
he ran over everybody for yeah. Wisconsin. He was part of the stable of backs. I mean, you had him, then you had James White, then you had Jonathan Taylor, and I know I'm forgetting another one in there. Melvin Gordon, there's the other one I was yeah. forgetting. I mean, it was just one after another, but I was uh, – I was lucky enough to be a manager for Purdue in 2011, 2012, and he ran all over Purdue <laughs> one year. I mean, for like 300 yards. Yeah. Beast. Uh, Penn State, Matt McGloin. Oh, Matt McGloin, decent, uh, decent uh, college decent quarterback. Record. Had a cup of coffee in the uh, in the NFL. He had to famously come in for Derek Carr when the Raiders were rolling, and Carr got hurt in like week 16. I remember. And that. Uh, he ended up starting a playoff game and did not did not go well. Uh, my good buddy, Justin Sins. Justin Sins. He's still on Purdue staff to this day. But uh, for a guy who was going to be like a third-string tight end, he actually had a pretty decent career for himself yeah. at Purdue and caught some touchdowns in 2012 and 2013. So, yeah, good guy. Ohio State, Carlos Hyde. Oh, good running back. Uh, never really <laughs> never really became the pro a lot of people thought he would, like a lot of Ohio State running backs. But, uh, man, he was a good running back for a lot of good Ohio State teams. Yeah, I was at an Illinois-Ohio State game where he ran for five touchdowns. Um, <laughs> he literally ran we, – we were walking out of the stand because Beckman punted on fourth and seven, down 12 with five minutes left. So, right then, I'm like, screw it, we're leaving. So, we're, we're leaving, and as we're leaving, Car- Carlos Hyde runs for a 50-yard touchdown. We can hear the cheer as we're walking out. He had ran for another 50-yard touchdown by the time we got out of the stadium. I wonder what the spread was on that game. Uh, I don't know. Because I can see um, some people in Vegas just being furious if Beck would punt it and they go back-to-back yeah, touchdowns. Because I, I, yeah, first first play of the game, Braxton Miller went up the middle 80 yards on a touch for a touchdown. That'll hurt. Dinkins. I'm sorry, you cut out there. I think that was my internet connection. I heard oh, Jenkins. Um, AJ Jenkins. AJ Jenkins. Oh, Illinois. yeah, good Illinois wide receiver. Um, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Terrible couple, NFL. But um, he was a first yeah. round pick in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He only had a cup of coffee, but man, he was good at Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Trey Roberson. Trey Roberson ended up his career at Illinois State playing for Brock yeah. Speck over there, quarterback. But uh, yeah, I was quarterback there for Indiana and uh, I forget who ended up beating him out. Um, but uh, I forget too. I forget too. But uh, no, he was solid for a couple of years. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. I <clears> got <throat> he was at Michigan State at the time. Talk about a guy's pro career who nosed over real, real quick when he wanted more money yeah. and all this stuff and set out. But yeah, he was a beast at Michigan State. Michigan State had some good running backs. That Michigan State, State yeah. team had Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell. That's two good NFLers. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, I had to throw this one in here. Michigan Roy Roundtree. Roy Roundtree, once I Purdue commit. Yeah. Uh, but I remember being pumped up for him in uh, 2010 when he, the the first night game in the big the history of the big house, maybe it was 2011, 2011 actually, he caught a touchdown to beat Notre Dame as time expired. Huh? Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, Rex Burkhead. Uh, Rex Burkhead, he was had a cup of coffee in the NFL, a Caucasian running back for yeah, uh, Nebraska that you don't see very often. But yeah, he was, he was good. Uh, Iowa, Marvin McNutt. Remember him? I remember. Yeah, he was a very good uh, Big mm-hmm. Ten wide receiver that yeah. never made the NFL. Northwestern Kane Coulter. Oh, Kane Coulter. He kind of led the movement years he ago, did. trying to get yeah. the NIL going. Yeah, so, he, yeah. He, he tried to unionize. Yeah, he was a good athlete. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he could play quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I think mm-hmm. he did all three. Um, last one here: Minnesota quarterback Marquise Gray. Marquise Gray, uh, Indianapolis product. Um, his brother yeah. was actually on Purdue's team for a little bit, then transferred. But, uh, yeah, Indianapolis product, another good uh, um, athlete, converted from quarterback to, like, tight end slash wide receiver eventually. Mm-hmm. His career yeah, He uh, caught a few touchdown passes on that Dolphins 2016 team. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that'll do it for on this day. Or- uh, word association. Good yeah, list, Jay Man. The Word Association segment is brought to you by Legacy Every Week Performer Print Two Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performer Print Two Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. So you need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574 210 3815. NFL, we got to go pretty quickly here. Three winners, three losers. I think I start with the winners. Taking the Cleveland Browns, six and yes. three. 
uh, came back down from a couple touchdowns down in Baltimore and uh, found a way to win. Deshaun Watson was 14 of 14 in the second half. That defense um, is really good. Yeah. I thought they were going to lose when they missed the extra point to the attempt to tie it up 31-31 yeah. um, after the pick six. Dustin Hopkins, their kicker, said, I felt like an arsonist who had to put out his own fire at the end of the game. Yeah. So um, I have taken the Houston Texans. Sure. On the road um, in Cincinnati, a team who we just have said started to click in Cincinnati. Yeah. And yeah. Houston's 5-4 and four right now. Unbelievable story. C.J. Stroud, what I loved about him, he throws a pick when they're up 10 to pick six to get the game within three. Didn't seem rattled at all. Yeah. Led him to the game goal drive. Yep. Uh, CJ Stroud has exceeded 335 passing yards in back to back games. Trevor Lawrence has exceeded 335 passing yards just once in his 43 game career. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is significantly overrated. I have been on record saying that. Um, Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs uh, coming in there and getting her done against the uh, Saints. Once they're six and four, the NFC is trash. Besides the top seven teams that are in the playoffs right now, not a single team's over 500 or even at 500. Yeah, Vikings, uh, NFL, uh, the hottest team with five straight wins. I hope that comes in Sunday night, but we'll see. Maybe uh, Dobbs, Jefferson's back, though. Dobbs came down to earth a little bit in the second half, but the guy still doesn't know the plays. So, yeah. I I mean, come on now. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because <laughs> they're the only team that won in the NFC South, and I think they will win the NFC South. Should. I think the Saints are trash. Uh, Panthers are the worst team in football. Falcons are joke. And Falcons, I'm surprised Arthur Smith has a job today, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, my last winner, Detroit Lions. Fun, fun team to they're, watch. They're for real. Uh, yeah, go, going into L.A. And probably, I mean, there were so many good games. Five games were ended by a field goal at the buzzer, which is the most ever um, in a single week in the NFL history. And, um yeah, the Lions might have played the best game. Uh, them and the Chargers is a fantastic game. I could spend this third one for uh, an obvious team, but I'm going to save my first loser for their opponent. So I'm actually going to pick the Arizona Cardinals because I don't think I've picked them all year in the winner's category because they've only had one win. And <laughs> Kyler Murray coming back, James Conner coming back, yeah. they, look, they looked a lot better than they have. Um, yeah, Trey McBride, their tight end, became the first Cardinals tight end since 19. 1989 to have a 100-yard receiving game. Colorado State boy, yep. Yeah, pretty good. Um, three losers. I think you start off with the losers. Yes, and this is why I was going to pick the 49ers for my third winner, but I didn't because I'm picking the Jacksonville Jaguars, my AFC predicted champions. Number one loser, absolute embarrassment yesterday, 34-3. Should have been worse than that. It's kind of like you said about the Dolphins last week. You, you cool. want to be considered a good team, you got to beat the big boys, and they, they haven't proven they can do it. Yet. Um, my first loser teams that we have declared or have been declared the best team in football. It's a curse. Um, the Dolphins week after week three, the Bills after week four, the Lions after week five, the Niners, and now the Baltimore Ravens. Um, seems like it is the absolute kiss of death this year yep. uh, when the media starts claiming the team as the best team in football. So. Uh, my other loser, Washington Commanders. Uh, a good way to fight back in the game. Looked like they're gonna win, and then gave it just easy game-winning field goal drive at the end. So I gotta find a way to force that into overtime. I don't know what to think of Sam Howell. He's leading the NFL in passing yards. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, my second loser uh, is Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, right when I said they were the scariest team in the AFC, they. Uh, Lose a home game to an upstart Texans team, but you should not be losing that game at home. And uh, lastly, um, New York Jets. Um, your office can't do anything. Yeah. They cannot score touchdowns. Your defense is playing their tails off, and and you 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 can't score touchdowns. The offensive line stinks. Um, Zach Wilson stinks. It just not yeah. good. Um, the L.A. Chargers. I know I picked the Lions as one of my winners, but the Chargers. How many times has Herbert lost a one possession game? And I um, will say he made some good plays he was yesterday. Really good yesterday. He deserved so, to win that. That his yeah. team let him down. Yeah. Um, he's always in close games and he he doesn't win them. And again, he lost yesterday 20, won I believe, in his career. Or yeah. something stupid. 23 point or one score games or yeah. something dumb. Something just dumb. No uh NFL or no quarterback has lost more games than Justin Herbert since he yep. came into the league. Yeah. Um I beat you and pick him. Um you were hurt off hot after you the did. first two games. Yeah. Then... Um, I'm trying to Cincinnati hurt both of us. Uh, I think you had a lot on Atlanta. Um, Jacksonville hurt me. 
Jacksonville hurt you a lot. I picked San Fran. I think that's pretty much what did it in. Mm-hmm. But really good matchup Thursday night. Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, about time we get a good Thursday nighter. Yeah. Um, give me the Ravens, but for one. I, I, I have the Ravens for three. Um, yeah, I, coming off a loss, I'm sure since both teams are coming off a loss, though, so it could be said either way. Uh, the terrible Pittsburgh Steelers that are six and three, they've been outgained every single game of the first team ever be outgained and be over 500 through nine games. Um, it's a winning culture, man. They, um, they, they find ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett has 13 career wins, 13 career pass touchdowns, and 13 career interceptions. So 13 is his lucky number, and I think his win total stays the same this week. Uh, give me the Browns for six. Should have put the Browns for 13 because of all those stats. But, uh, I'm taking the Browns for five, so we're right there. Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I like this Lions team. Don't like this Bear team. Lions are 14. Lions for 14 as well. L.A. Chargers at the Green Bay Packers. Packers, tough loss at Pittsburgh, like I said. Jordan Love took them down, gave them a chance. I think the Chargers are better. Give me Chargers for six. I have the Chargers for two. Um, yeah, although Chargers playing on the – in it's a central time zone, but yeah. – uh, And cold. And, and cold, and it's it's a nooner, so uh, who knows how they'll be able to respond. Vegas Raiders at the Dolphins. <clears throat> got the Dolphins for nine. I have the Dolphins for seven. Bye week coming off of uh, Devon Achan is back, so he'll be, uh, which they've really needed him because they're backup running backs outside of Mostert. And Mostert has a fumbling problem anyway, uh, which is taking me off. Uh, but uh, it, it, it'll be nice to have Achan back. Uh, New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Got the Commanders for 13. Giants are just absolutely horrendous. Giants might be actually the worst team in football right now. Uh, they hurt my eyes team. to watch an offense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, give me the Commanders for nine. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers. Cowboys for 12. Of the Cowboys for 13. What a soft spot in their schedule right now. The Cowboys. Nice for them. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jags. Taking the Jags and a bounce back for seven. I have the Jags for 10. I'm right there with you. Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans. Texans for 10. I have the Texans for 11. Tampa Bay Bucks at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners for 8. I have the Niners for 12. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Once again, wish I could see the Bills play tonight before I pick this game, but I'm taking the Bills for 11. I have the Bills for 8. Um, Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams. Don't know what to think of the Rams. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Stafford's back this week, but I don't know. Uh, Rams for four. I have the Seahawks for four. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Taking the Broncos for two. I have the Vikings for one. I, I just can't pick the Broncos for some reason. <laughs> I think even if the Broncos lose tonight, which there's a good chance, I think Mile High will be rocking Sunday night, getting a primetime game yeah. for time in a while. So, man, I, we've both been to Sunday night games um, for our respective teams. That uh, – there's something different. Crowds get amped night up for Sunday nights. So. It's it's pretty good. I've never been to a Monday nighter, uh, but I it always either. always seems like the Sunday oh, night yes, is I the have. one that gets yes, uh, pumped. Uh, Season last, opener, but yeah, all of those are always pumped. Yeah. For uh, last one here: Philadelphia Eagles at that Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, great Monday nighter. Really yeah, looking forward to watching this one. But the, the 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 amount of the Kelsey Swift talks going to be atrocious Monday night, and Kelsey against Kelsey, and I'm I can't my head's about to explode. <laughs> Uh, Chiefs for three. Now the Chiefs for five. So, um, yeah, e- Eagles have been flirting with losses all year, and they're eight and one. I think they get it. Uh, get one against the uh, Chiefs. Um, although, man, that's a really good matchup. We might see that in the Super Bowl again. Unfortunately, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Not just because the Chiefs. I can't. I can't take it. I, I, I can't take. I, I, I can't. I, I, I'm at my breaking point. Oh, this, this, this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey stuff. Absolutely, at my breaking point. I don't. I don't care. Great, a celebrities in love. Good for them. Ooh, go have a happy life. Oh, I, oh. The thing that annoys me oh. the most is the NFL is shoving it down our throat. Like well, I, 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 I can have money, man. Everything else, but it's the NFL and ESPN. They're shoving it down our throats. I don't uh, care. Uh, Could uh, not care less. Oh, it's just I'm I'm on breaking point. I, I we'll probably get canceled from the Swifty. So we we've had fun with these 365 episodes. We probably won't be on the air next week. But that's I'm that's pretty better. confident there's not a single Swifty that listens to our podcast. But uh, <laughs> hit me with that birdie bogey before we well, go. We will find out. Uh, yes, birdie or bogey. CJ Shroud has two thousand. Oh. 
Honestly, I couldn't hear a word you said because the music's too loud. <laughs> it's kind of drowned you out. Um, uh, CJ Stroud, 2,626 pass yards this season. Third most through a rookie's first nine starts in league history. Trails what two guys? Andrew Luck. He is one with 2,631. Um, Stafford. Good guess, but you get a par. Justin Herbert with 2,699. Wasn't even on my radar. Uh, thanks for watching the Tan and the J-Man show. Have a fantastic week, everybody. We'll be talking some turkey next week as it's Thanksgiving week. Have a great week, everybody.